Act One of The Duchess of Padua by Oscar Wilde. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Duchess of Padua by Oscar Wilde. The Persons of the Play. Simone Gesso, Duke of Padua. Read by Algy Pug. Beatrice his wife read by ariel lipshaw andreas polaiolo cardinal of padua read by todd three gentlemen of the duke's household mafio petrucci read by charlotte ducats geppo vitellozzo read by martin giessen and tadeo bardi read by elizabeth Clatt. guido ferranti a young man read by max schollinger ascanio cristofano his friend read by alan matchstone Count Morenzone, an old man, read by Martin Giessen. Bernardo Cavalcanti, Lord Justice of Padua, read by Elizabeth Clatt. Hugo, the headsman, read by Algy Pug. Lucy, a tire woman, read by April Gonzales. Servants, citizens, soldiers, monks, falconers with their hawks and dogs, etc first citizen read by christine g second citizen read by capricia page third citizen read by grace garrett a soldier usher servant and a voice outside read by charlotte duckett tipstaff second soldier read by chuck williamson third soldier read by elizabeth clatt place padua time the latter half of the sixteenth century style of architecture italian gothic and romanesque act one scene the market-place of padua at noon in the background is the great cathedral of padua the architecture is romanesque and wrought in black and white marbles a flight of marble steps leads up to the cathedral door at the foot of the steps are two large stone lions. The houses on each side of the stage have colored awnings from their windows and are flanked by stone arcades. On the right of the stage is a public fountain with a triton in green bronze blowing from a conch. Around the fountain is a stone seat. The bell of the cathedral is ringing and the citizens, men, women and children are passing into the cathedral enter guido ferranti and ascanio cristofano now by my life guido i will go no farther for if i walk another step i will have no life left to swear by this wild goose errand of yours sits down on the step of the fountain i think it must be here goes up to pass by and doffs his cap Pray, sir, is this the marketplace, and that the church of Santa Croce? Citizen bows. I thank you, sir. Well? Aye, it is here. I would it were somewhere else, for I see no wine shop. Taking a letter from his pocket and reading it. The hour noon, the city Padua, the place the market, and the day St. Philip's Day. And what of this man? How shall we know him? Reading still. I will wear a violet cloak with a silver falcon broidered on the shoulder. A brave attire, Ascanio. 
I'd sooner have my leather and jerkin. And you think he will tell you of your father? Why, yes. It is a month ago now, you remember. I was in the vineyard, just at the corner nearest the road where the goats used to get in. A man rode up and asked me, was my name Guido, and gave me this letter signed, Your Father's Friend, bidding me be here today if I would know the secret of my birth, and telling me how to recognize a writer. I had always thought old Pedro was my uncle, but he told me that he was not, but that I had been left a child in his charge by someone he had never since seen. And you don't know who your father is? No. No recollection of him even? None, Scania. None. Then he could never have boxed your ears so often as my father did mine. I am sure you never deserved it. Never, and that made it worse. I hadn't the consciousness of guilt to buoy me up. What hour did you say he fixed? Noon. Clock in the cathedral strikes. It is that now, and your man has not come. I don't believe in him, Guido. I think it is some wench who is set her eye at you. And as I have followed you from Perugia to Padua, I swear you shall follow me to the nearest tavern. Rises. By the great gods of eating, Guido, I am as hungry as a widow is for a husband, as tired as a young maid is of good advice, and as dry as a monk's sermon. Come, Guido, you stand there looking at nothing, like the fool who tried to look into his own mind. Your man will not dumb. Well, I suppose you are right. Ah! Just as he is leaving the stage with Ascanio, enter Lord Morenzoni in a violet cloak with a silver falcon broidered on the shoulder. He passes across to the cathedral, and just as he is going in, Guido runs up and touches him. Ah, Guido Ferranti, thou hast come in time. What? Does my father live? Aye, lives in thee. Thou art the same in mould and lineament, carriage and form, and outward semblances. I trust thou art in noble mind the same. Oh, tell me of my father. I have lived but for this moment. We must be alone. This is my dearest friend, who out of love has followed me to Padua, as two brothers. There is no secret which we do not share. There is one secret which ye shall not share. Bid him go hence. To Ascanio. Come back within the hour. He does not know that nothing in this world can dim the perfect mirror of our love. Within the hour, come. Speak not to him. There's a dreadful terror in his look. <laughs> nay, nay. I doubt not that he has come to tell that I am some great lord of Italy, and we will have long days of joy together. Within the hour dear Ascanio. Exit Ascanio. Now, tell me of my father. Sits down on a stone seat. Stood he tall? I warrant he looked tall upon his horse. His hair was black? Or perhaps a reddish gold, like a red fire of gold? Was his voice low? The very bravest men have voices sometimes full of low music. Or a clarion, was it, that break with terror all his enemies? Did he ride singly, with many squires, and valiant gentlemen to serve his state? For oftentimes, methinks, I feel my veins beat with the blood of kings. Was he a king? Aye, of all men he was the kingliest. Then, when you saw my noble father last, he was set high above the heads of men? 
ay he was high above the heads of men walks over to guido and puts his hand upon his shoulder on a red scaffold with a butcher's block set for his neck leaping up what dreadful man art thou that like a raven or the midnight owl comes with this awful message from the grave i am known here as the count moranzone lord of a barren castle on a rock with a few acres of unkindly land and six not thrifty servants but i was one of parma's noblest princes more than that i was your father's friend clasping his hand tell me of him you are the son of that great duke lorenzo he was the prince of parma and the duke of all the fair domains of lombardy down to the gates of florence nay florence even was wont to pay him tribute come to his death oh, you will hear that soon enough being at war oh, noble lion of war that would not suffer injustice done in italy he led the very flower of chivalry against that foul adulterous lord of rimini giovanni malatesta whom god curse and was by him in treacherous ambush taken and like a villain or a low-born knave was by him on the public scaffold murdered clutching his dagger doth malatesta live no he is dead did you say dead oh too swift runner death couldst thou not wait for me a little space and i had done thy bidding clutching his wrist thou canst do it the man who sold thy father is alive sold was my father sold i trafficked for like a vile chattel for a price betrayed bartered and bargained for in privy market by one whom he had held his perfect friend one he had trusted one he had well loved one whom by ties of kindness he had bound and he lives who sold my father i will bring you to him so judas thou art living well i will make this world thy feel of blood so by it straightway for thou must hang there <laughs> judas said you boy yes judas in his treachery but still he was more wise than judas was and held those thirty silver pieces not enough what got he for my father's blood what got he why cities fiefs and principalities vineyards and lands of which he shall but keep six feet of ground to rot in where is he this damned villain this foul devil where show me the man and come he cased in steel in complete panoply and pride of war i guarded by a thousand men-at-arms yet i shall reach him through their spears and feel the last black drop of blood from his black heart crawl down my blade show me the man i say and i will kill him fool what revenge is there 
death is the common heritage of all and death comes best when it comes suddenly goes up close to guido your father was betrayed there is your cue for you shall sell the seller in his turn i will make you of his household you shall sit at the same board with him eat of his bread oh bitter bread thy palate is too nice revenge will make it sweet thou shalt o nights pledge him in wine drink from his cup and be his intimate so he will fawn on thee love thee and trust thee in all secret things if he bid thee be merry thou must laugh and if it be his humour to be sad thou shalt don sables then when the time is ripe guido clutches his sword nay nay i trust thee not your hot young blood undisciplined nature and too violent rage will never tarry for this great revenge but wreck itself on passion thou knowest me not tell me the man and i in everything will do thy bidding well when the time is ripe the victim trusting and the occasion sure i will by sudden secret messenger send thee a sign how shall i kill him tell me that night thou shalt creep into his private chamber but if he sleep see that thou wake him first and hold thy hand upon his throat ay that way then having told him of what blood thou art sprung from what father and for what revenge bid him to pray for mercy when he prays bid him to set a price upon his life and when he strips himself of all his gold tell him thou needest not gold and hast not mercy and do thy business straight away swear to me thou wilt not kill him till i bid thee do it or else i go to mine own house and leave thee ignorant and thy father unavenged now by my father's sword the common hangman break that in sunder in the public square then by my father's grave what grave what grave your noble father lieth in no grave i saw his dust strewn on the air his ashes whirled through the windy streets like common straws to plague a beggar's eyesight and his head that gentle head set on the prison spike for the vile rabble in their insolence to shoot their tongues at was it so indeed then by my father's spotless memory and by the shameful manner of his death and by the base betrayal by his friend for these at least remain by these i swear i will not lay my hand upon his life until you bid me then god help his soul for he shall die as never dog died yet and now the sign what is it ah, this dagger boy it was your father's oh let me look at it i do remember now my reputed uncle that good old husbandman i left at home 
told me a cloak wrapped round me when a babe bare two such yellow leopards wrought in gold. I like them best in steel as they are here. They suit my purpose better. Tell me, sir, have you no message from my father to me? Poor boy, you never saw that noble father, for when by his false friend he had been sold, alone of all his gentlemen, I escaped to bear the news to Parma to the Duchess. Speak to me of my mother. When thy mother heard my black news, she fell into a swoon, and being with untimely travail seized, bare thee into the world before thy time, and then her soul went heavenward to wait thy father at the gates of paradise. A mother dead, a father sold and bartered, I seem to stand on some beleaguered wall, and messenger comes after messenger with a new tale of terror. Give me breath, mine ears are tired. When thy mother died, fearing our enemies, I gave it out thou wert dead also, and then privily conveyed thee to an ancient servitor, who by Perugia lived. The rest thou knowest. Saw you my father afterwards? I once, in mean attire, like a vineyard dresser, I stole to Rimini. Taking his hand. O oh, generous heart! One can buy everything in Rimini, and so I bought the jailers. When your father heard that a man-child had been born to him, his noble face lit up beneath his helm like a great fire seen far out at sea, and taking my two hands, he bade me, Guido, to rear you worthy of him. So I have reared you to revenge his death upon the friend who sold him. Thou hast done well. I, for my father, thank thee. And now, his name, Oh, how you remind me of him! You have each gesture that your father had. The traitor's name. Thou wilt hear that anon. The duke and other nobles at the court are coming hither. What of that? His name. Oh, do they not seem a valiant company of honourable, honest gentlemen? His name, my lord. Enter the Duke of Padua with Count Bardi. Mafio, Petrucci, and other gentlemen of his court. The man to whom I kneel is he who sold your father. Mark me well. Clutches his dagger. The duke. Leave off that fingering of thy knife. Hast thou so soon forgotten? Kneels to the duke. My noble lord. Welcome, Count Morazzone. Tis some time since we have seen you here in Padua. We hunted near your castle yesterday. Call you it castle, that bleak house of yours, wherein you sit mumbling all your beads, telling your vices like a good old man. Catches sight of Guido and starts back. Who is that? My sister's son, your grace, who being now of age to carry arms, would for a season tarry at your court. Still looking at Guido. What is his name? Guido Ferranti, sir. His city? He is Mantuan by birth. 
advancing towards guido you have the eyes of one i used to know but he died childless a honest boy then be not spendthrift of your honesty but keep it to yourself in padua men think that honesty is ostentatious so it is not of the fashion look at these lords aside here is some bitter arrow for us sure why every man among them has his price although to do them justice some of them are quite expensive aside there it comes indeed so be not honest eccentricity is not a thing that should ever be encouraged although in this dull and stupid age of ours the most eccentric thing a man can do is to have brains then the mob mocks at him and for the mob despise it as i do i hold its bubble praise and windy favours in such account the popularity is the one insult i have never suffered aside he is enough hates if he needs that have prudence in your dealings with the world be not too hasty act on the second thought first impulses are generally good aside surely a toad sits on its lips and spills its venom there see thou hast enemies else the world will think very little of thee it is its test of power yet see thou showest a smiling mask of friendship to all men until thou hast them safely in thy grip then thou canst crush them aside o wise philosopher that for thyself dost dig so deep a grave to him dost thou mark his words oh be thou sure i do and be not over scrupulous clean hands with nothing in them make a sorry show if you would have a lion's share of life you must wear the fox's skin oh it will fit you it is a coat which fitteth every man your grace i shall remember that is well boy well i would not have about me shallow fools who with mean scruples weigh the gold of life and faltering paltering end by failure failure the only crime i have not committed i would have men about me as for conscience conscience is but the name which cowardice fleeing from battle scrawls upon its shield you understand me boy i do your grace and will in all things carry out the creed which you have taught me i never heard you grace so much in the vein of preaching let the cardinal look to his laurels sir the cardinal men follow my creed and they gabble his i do not think much of the cardinal although he is a holy churchman and i quite admit his dullness well sir from now we count you of our household he holds out his hand for guido to kiss guido starts back in horror but at the gesture from count moranzoni kneels and kisses it we will see that you are furnished with such equipage as thus befit your honour and our state i thank your grace most heartily tell me again what is your name guido ferranti sir and you are mantuan look to your wives my lords when such a gallant comes to padua thou dost well to laugh count Barti. i have noted how merry is that husband by whose hearth sits an uncomely wife may it please your grace the wives of padua are above suspicion what are they so ill-favoured let us go this cardinal detains our pious duchess his sermon and his beard want cutting both will you come with us sir and hear a text from holy jerome bowing my liege there are some matters 
interrupting. Thou needst make no excuse for missing mass. Come, gentlemen. Exit with his suite into cathedral. After a pause. So the duke sold my father. I kissed his hand. <sighs> Thou shalt do that many times. Must it be so? Aye, thou hast sworn an oath. That oath shall make me marble. Farewell, boy. Thou wilt not see me till the time is ripe. I pray thou comest quickly. I will come when it is time. Be ready. Fear me not. Here is your friend. See that you banish him both from your heart and Padua. From Padua, not from my heart. Nay, from thy heart as well. I will not leave thee till I see thee do it. Can I have no friend? <sighs> Revenge shall be thy friend. Thou needst no other. Well, then be it so. Enter Ascanio Cristofano. Come, Guido. I have been beforehand with you in everything, for I have drunk a flagon of wine, eaten a pasty, and kiss the maid who served it. Why, you look as melancholy as a schoolboy who cannot buy apples, or a politician who cannot sell his vote. What news, Guido? What news? Why, that we two must part, Ascanio. That would be news indeed, but it is not true. Too true it is. You must get hence, Ascanio, and never look upon my face again. No, no, indeed. You do not know me, Guido. "'Tis true I am a common yeoman's son, nor versed in fashions of much courtesy. "'But if you are nobly born, cannot I be your serving-man? "'I will tend you with more love than any hired servant.' "'Clasping his hand. "'Ascanio!' "'Sees Moranzoni looking at him, and drops Ascanio's hand. "'It cannot be.' "'What, is it so with you? "'I thought the friendship of the antique world was not yet dead.' but that the Roman type might even in this poor and common age find counterparts of love, then by this love which beats between us like a summer's sea, whatever your lot has fallen into your hand, may I not share it? Share it? Aye. No, no. Have you then come to some inheritance of lordly castle or stored up gold? Aye, I have come to my inheritance. O oh, bloody legacy, and O oh, murderous dole, which... Like the thrifty miser must I hoard, and to my own self keep. And so, I pray you, let us part here. What? Shall we never more sit hand in hand, as we were wont to sit, over some book of ancient chivalry, stealing a truant holiday from school? Follow the huntsmen through the autumn woods, and watch the falcons burst their tasseled jesses when the hare breaks from covert? Never more. Must I go hence without a word of love? You must go hence, and may love go with you. You are unknightly and ungenerous. Unknightly and ungenerous, if you will. Why should we waste more words about the matter? Let us part now. Have you no message, Guido? None. My whole past was but a schoolboy's dream. Today my life begins. Farewell. Farewell. Exit slowly. Now, are you satisfied? Have you not seen my dearest friend and my most loved companion thrust from me like a common kitchen knave? Oh, that I did it. Are you not satisfied? 
ay i am satisfied now i go hence do not forget the sign your father's dagger and do the business when i send it to you be sure i shall exit lord morenzoni o oh, thou eternal heaven if there is aught of nature in my soul of gentle pity or fond kindliness wither it up blast it bring it to nothing or if thou wilt not then will i myself cut pity with a sharp knife from my heart and strangle mercy in her sleep at night lest she speak to me vengeance there i have it be thou my comrade and my bedfellow sit by my side ride to the chase with me when i am weary sing me pretty songs when i am light to heart make jests with me and when i dream whisper into my ear the dreadful secret of a father's murder did i say murder draws his dagger listen thou terrible god thou god that punishest all broken oaths and bid some angel write this oath in fire that from this hour till my dear father's murder in blood i have revenged i do forswear the noble ties of honourable friendship the noble joys of dear companionship affection's bonds and loyal gratitude i more from this same hour i do forswear all love of women and the barren thing which men call beauty the organ peals in the cathedral and under a canopy of cloth of silver tissue borne by four pages in scarlet the duchess of padua comes down the steps as she passes across their eyes meet for a moment and as she leaves the stage she looks back at guido and a dagger falls from his hand oh who is that the duchess of padua end of act one